Hello, and welcome to another episode of Boundless Body Radio. I'm your host, Casey Ruff, and today we have two amazing guests to introduce to you now. Dr. Steve Hewitt has been a clinical pharmacist for over 30 years in the hospital setting. He has given numerous talks to healthcare professionals and enjoys learning and educating others. His God-given passion has always been to help people with their health. This has led him to change his focus from treating the unhealthy to trying to prevent others from becoming unhealthy. Dr. Hewlett is the author of the book, Your Plate is Your Fate, a simple guide to understanding how your food choices lead to more and more medications. He is also the host of the Simple Healthy Choices for Weight Loss podcast, which is fantastic and full of very helpful information, especially if you are searching for answers to questions such as how to lose weight and keep it off, and if the ketogenic diet is right for you. Steve has been married to his beautiful wife, Teresa, who is actually joining us today for this discussion for over 35 years. They have two wonderful boys, Brandon and Skyler, whom they love with all their heart. I was lucky enough to meet Steve and Teresa at Low Carb Denver 2023 and reconnect at KetoCon 2023. They are the loveliest and kindest people, and it is such an honor to welcome them to Boundless Body Radio. Steve and Teresa, welcome. Hey. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you so much for having yes, us on. Thank you. So great to have you guys. It's so great to see you guys again. Like I said, I was lucky enough to meet you at Low Carb Denver. Um, for, for this year's conference, I decided to kind of pony up a little bit more cash. You know, we just run our own like small business around here, so I don't have tons of extra money everywhere, but I decided to go to the uh, VIP dinner. Um, yeah. And I, I chose deliberately this year to rather than kind of hang out with the people that I already know in the low carbohydrate space, I really wanted to try to find people that I didn't really know. So I was coming into the dinner. I saw you guys sitting down. I had no idea who you were. I asked if I could take the seat next to you. And we just had a wonderful dinner chatting and catching up. And it was just such a great time. So thank you very much for letting me crash your dinner. Oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> and we feel the same way. It's like all of a sudden we found a friend that we we never knew we had, <laughs> you know, totally. And it, it worked out great. Totally. It was great to see you guys also at KetoCon. And I asked you at KetoCon if you were still hungry from the dinner that we had in Denver. <laughs> uh, no knock, no knock on low carb Denver. Like it was really fun. And I did the whole VIP dinner oh, for yeah. the social aspect and that's fine. But like the catering company who, uh, you know, put the dinner on definitely know who they were dealing with. Um, <laughs> they brought out, uh, you know, this, this plate of salad, this tiny little plate of salad to a group of people that are like mostly like not eating a ton of salad and eating lots, lots of meat and the entree was just like like little tiny piece of buffalo meat like you probably got four ounces yeah, yeah it was a lot of people went out to eat after that dinner I, I i was one of those people i was definitely not satisfied i left there very hungry and had to go search out some food somewhere else <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, um, I love your work. I love everything you guys are doing with your podcast. Uh, the book is fantastic. And I was kind of reflecting on where to take this conversation today. And I was, I was thinking primarily about a conversation that I had yesterday with one of my clients. He's an 18 year old kid. He was asking me how to put on muscle. And I told him like, look, you really should focus on protein. And I'm really glad that I gave him that advice. And then he asked me right. about vegetables. Should I be eating vegetables? And it's no secret here on this show that I'm a carnivore. I've been carnivore four years. We interview tons of carnivores. I, I don't think they're great for people, vegetables. So I go into this like five minute rant about how bad vegetables are and you should never eat vegetables and all this stuff. And I got in my car afterwards and I just like thought to myself, like, did, did, did that really need to happen? Like that was something that I believe in, but is that like the hill to die on? You know what I mean? And I'm out on a walk right. this morning and I see a food truck that is donut kebabs. I, I can only <laughs> imagine what donut kebabs are, but like, 
why, why did I take the time to explain all the bad things about vegetables when we live in a world where donut kebabs live? And this is why right. I love your approach and I love your message. You guys keep things really simple and approachable for people. Why do you think that's important? Right. Because the main thing that's killing people is the man-made food. It's the processed foods, the things that are in box, 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 bottles, bags, cans, down the center aisles. That stuff is loaded with vegetable and seed oils, which are extremely harmful, have, have like a 20 to 1 omega-6, omega-3, which means you you have much more inflammatory prostaglandins than you do anti-inflammatory. And, and we are walking around inflamed. Then they're loaded with processed carbohydrates, which keeps your insulin levels high. And that's the main thing with obesity is the people who are obese are obese because their insulin levels are high. Because when if your insulin levels are high, it forces you to store fat. Your body cannot burn its own fat. You can only store it. So the whole key to, to weight loss and type 2 diabetes, metabolic syndrome, and everything else is to keep your insulin levels low. And that's why we used to always do it. You know, way, way back from since the beginning of time. I mean, we didn't eat carbohydrates. That wasn't a, that wasn't a thing that people did very often at all. And so we were able to keep our insulin levels low. But once processed food came out, that's all people do anymore. And so my my big fight is not fight, but what I want to explain to people is it's not, you know, all meat, all vegetables, how much about it. It, it just stick with God made food and away from man made food. And, and it just, it makes it so much easier because you get in the, into the woods on some of this stuff. But in fact, is some people, they handle vegetables with no problem whatsoever. And, and we're actually that way. Um, but we have been learning a lot more about the oxalates and everything that are in vegetables. And so it's like, that's not a that's not a battle I'm going to take. If you want to eat vegetables, eat vegetables. If you want to eat fruit, eat fruit. Just don't eat a whole lot of it because of you know other things, the insulin levels and everything. But um, and eat meat. You know, eat lots of meat because most people don't eat meat. And now we're fighting against the the food marketers out here who are trying to tell everybody that meat's bad and you got to eat their their carbonate their carbohydrate laden stuff that they sell on these shelves. And people need to realize that is. That is marketing. That the food company is not here to make you healthy. The food company here is here to make money. It, it's a business. Food company, drug companies, they're here to make money, and they actually make a lot more money when you're sick, you know, right. and when and you're then, hungry. I think sometimes if you start, and and this person you were talking to yesterday may not have been that way, but it's like sometimes, like if you start telling people you can't eat vegetables either, along with everything else, it's so overwhelming. They're like, "What, really? I can't even have that," you know. So it's like, no, just try to give up all those processed foods. Yeah, yeah. No, that's such a good Otherwise, point. I mean, because that's a, a, a progression. You know, like you hear people kind of doing the keto or whatever, and then next thing you know, they're weaning off the vegetables. They find they feel better. And so that's just a process. I think people kind of end up doing, or at least in our world, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I, need, I need to remind myself that all the time because I love those complicated discussions. I can sit at Low Carb Denver and, and listen to lectures about subfractions of cholesterol molecules and the latest studies. And I can hang, like I've done this long enough that I can hang with that kind of thing and it's not over my head. But that is after, you know, 16 years of being a personal trainer and nutrition coach and obsessing about this stuff forever. I need to remind myself to do what you guys do and just keep things a little bit more simple. So I love that answer. I love the way you guys explain that. Before we talk about what we're going to get into today, can you share your stories of how you kind of ended up um, dealing with the things that you do now? Well, with with me, um, like I said, I was a clinical pharmacist for 30 years. I've been a clinical pharmacist for about 32 years now. And uh, worked in the hospital setting for about 29 years. 
And the first half of that, I was in pediatrics because that's what I did my residency in was pediatrics in Charleston, South Carolina. And then I moved over and the last half and I was a supervisor. When I was on peds, um, we came up with this annual pediatric seminar that, that we did where we brought physicians and nurses and respiratory therapists and dietitians and first responders and everything in once a year for an, a total all-day seminar. And I talked at three of those, three or four of those uh, in the first half of my career there at, co- or at the hospital. But um, the last half, since I was the supervisor of the first or second, third shift, I went to the night shift. And so I kind of lost touch with a lot of the pediatrics. But still, about four years ago, they contacted me and asked me if I wanted to talk on childhood obesity. And I said, yeah, I would. So I went and I put this talk together about all the old, same old horrible information, you know, because I didn't know. That's all I knew at the time was, that, you know, you need to eat low fat, high carb. You need to, um, if you want to lose weight, you need to exercise more and decrease your calories and then talk about the food pyramid and, you know, all the stuff that's wrong. And then I thought I better go back to the literature and see if there's anything else out there. So I did. I found there was a ton of information out there on new uh, nutrition that we just don't know. We, we weren't taught it in school. Physicians aren't taught it in school. Nobody knows. And then a lot of things that you're taught is, is things that are funded by the drug companies and the food companies. And um, so I, I totally changed my talk, gave the talk. And after the talk, I had several people coming up and to me and saying, this was all brand new information. They loved it. It made perfect sense. They thought I should write a book. So I ended up, I wrote a book thanks to my wife because she took my talk and she just had it um, put down in what? Through, Fiverr. Through you know, Fiverr. They just, and they just went through and they transcribed it. the whole book for me. And I got it back and I looked at it. I thought, shoot, this is almost a book here. So I just went through and started adding to it. So that's when we got the book and then I got the book out and then started this podcast. But the main thing is it, there was so much good information. that I think people are so confused by all the different diets that are out there, all the different ways of eating the diets. And it, I just wanted to say, stop, you know, don't, don't worry about all that stuff, whether you should be all meat or all vegetable or a little bit of both or high fat, low fat. The main thing is just stay away from carbs. I mean, I mean, that's really kind of the big thing, keeping your insulin levels low. But um, once I started doing that and started talking to people and we actually did a little uh, free little thing in January and we had several people that just in that first month, they, they lost on the average around between 20 and 30 pounds. Um, Just, and and they felt great doing it. That's the whole thing. Cause if you eat clean, that's how, you know, if you're eating clean, if you're eating the way you should and you're drinking water and you're trying to get your sleep, you're going to feel good as the weight comes off. You're just changing from eating carbohydrates for your energy source to letting your body eat your own fat away for its energy source, which is much quicker, cleaner burn. But so that's kind of, that's kind of how I got it. And I mainly got into it because Teresa, she's been into the nutrition and exercise. She's always telling me new stuff that I need to do. Right. Yeah. So who who do you like? (laughs) Well, I think what the big thing with us was, you know, back in 1999, uh, we did, I don't know if you've ever heard of Bill Phillips, the body for life oh, yeah. program. Body for life was huge. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. So we did that and we just had great success. I mean, I didn't, I think I lost 10 pounds and you lost 25. Probably. He, like he, he did really, we both did really well because we, our body, the shapes just changed, especially mine, but that's got, that really got some things rolling. So we always, it was kind of always in the back of our mind because Steve wanted to, he went, ended up going into the night shift and, you know, we thought we'd do something during the day and, but that just didn't work out because kids were little and we just focused there. And then once they were gone to college, that was when he was asked to do that talk. And then it just kind of all, you know, 
and actually from there even me switching from being a peds pharmacist into a the night shift supervisor or second third shift supervisor the reason we did that was for this exact same reason we wanted to teach people how to get healthy and how to stay out and just prevent getting on medications and if you're on medications you can get off them because most medications they don't treat anything. All they do is they're act, they act like a Band-Aid, and they just kind of mask the symptoms of, of most stuff. Your blood pressure medicine, cholesterol medicine's crazy. But um, glucose medicine, I mean, all these medications, they, they fix one thing, and then they mess up a lot more, especially with diabetic medica- medication. Most, most diabetic medication that you take for type 2 diabetes actually makes type 2 diabetes worse That's right. because most of the medications, it works by – increasing your insulin levels because they're trying to get your glucose down, your blood glucose down. That That's the worst thing you'd be doing because it's in, high insulin levels is what you got there in the first place. That's why you have insulin resistance. That's why you're storing fat. That's why you can't burn your fat. And so the trick is to keep both your glucose levels low and your insulin levels low. And the only way you can do, we can't do that as pharmacists. If you have high blood glucose, that's all we can do is give you medication, to produce more insulin so you can get it down. But for the most part, 90, 95% of the medications that are used are that way. Um, but uh, so that's why it's like we want to get people from being on there in the first place. And once we did that, the Body for Life back in 2000, we realized, oh, my gosh, this is really possible. And now that I've started learning all this, all the nutrition information for the last three, four years since since the talk, it just made me more and more passionate about really trying to get the word out there because it is crazy how many obese people we have and being in the hospital with COVID. Oh my gosh. It was by far, by far the majority of the patients who died were patients who were obese. Um, especially if they're less than 65, if they were less than 65 or 60 years old. The most common reason is because of obesity. That's why they were dying because of all the inflammation that fat cells, you know, put into the body is, is a lot of it. Um, and so now you've got an inflammatory virus with an inflammatory nutrition habit and, and your body just can't handle that kind of stuff. I've had, so anyway, yeah, I've had multiple people that have been in ICUs during COVID that said they did not see one single patient who didn't have comorbidities that didn't have obesity or hypertension. One person said they did, but everything was just undiagnosed. They hadn't noticed it yet, but this person clearly had metabolic dysregulation. Yeah. 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 It's horrible. So, I mean, now that we've found, you know, I really do think this is, this is the cure. This is, this is what will do it. And that's why I like within our podcast and in the book, I try to really super try to explain it in as simple terms as I can. Um, You know, but you are talking about nutrition and how the body handles all the different foods and everything, but um, it just makes so much sense. And when you see all the obesity that's out there and all the, all the, the medications, it is, it is unbelievable how many medications a lot of people take. I mean, they, they, they're coming in, they're getting their medication filled every month for, you know, seriously. I mean, I'm not lying. We've got, we've got people who have 15, 20 different medications. I have no idea how they keep it, keep it, you know, all clear. Yeah. How keep track of it Mm -hmm. and all the adverse effects, every single medication fixes one thing and it messes up so many others. So that's why you get another medication to take care of that. And, and all of this could be totally stopped if you just gave your body the nutrition that it needs, wow. you know, and then the, that's the best way to fight any kind of infection is give your body the nutrition it needs. Our bodies are magnificent in how they can do, they can fight all that stuff they have. It has for centuries. Yeah. 
totally. I don't know if this stat is still true or if it ever was true, but I heard that for every dollar we spend on a primary medication, we spend like a dollar and 83 cents or something on the medications that deal with the side effects that came from the primary medication. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. Ridiculous. Oh, yeah. If that's true, that's, oh, ridiculous. Yeah. that's crazy. Oh, it is. Oh, it is very, very ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it, the system's messed up. And I mean, it really seriously is the whole medical system's messed up. And I think people are more aware of that now since COVID. But uh, it, 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 it really is people, the doctors don't have enough time to spend with patients. I mean, because now you've got corporations who are over you and it's a business. So they're monitoring, you know, how much time you can spend with each patient and all that. And doctors don't have enough time to sit here and explain all about your nutrition and how you, you know, here's, here's the way you should be eating and this will help you stay off this medication. They don't have time for that. So all they do is say, oh, you're having trouble here. Then take this medication. Oh, take this medication. And it just, it becomes a, a monster, yeah. you know, and people suffering from it are the ones who are taking the medication. So I want to let them know that it, it's a choice. You know, either take medication, you spend all your money on hospitalizations, doctor bills, pharmacists, or you can spend your money on, on nutritious food. And if you're doing it right with, with time-restricted eating or intermittent fasting, you're not eating that many meals. So you really can do it for a lot cheaper. People think, oh, it's so expensive to eat healthy. It's like, no, it's not. not if all you're eating is meat and you only do it twice a day, you're going to stay full. You're going to stay full the entire time and you're going to keep your insulin levels low and it's going to be a lot cheaper. So much cheaper. So yeah, everybody's yeah. complaining about egg prices and it's like, I can eat 20 eggs on a weekend day when I have enough time to scramble them up. And like, that's a few yeah. bucks. That's not that expensive. Even if I'm buying local right. from a farmer, they're a little more expensive. They're not prohibitively expensive. It's not that big of a deal. I love that. Oh, no, no. I mean, no matter how expensive the eggs are, how much is that compared to, which I honestly don't know. We don't go to fast food restaurants, but, but I mean, how much is that compared to a Whopper or a Big Mac or something like that? I mean, <laughs> eggs, you're going to get so much more nutritious meal. You'll probably get, well, it depends on, um, we probably get two meals out of a, out of a dozen, <laughs> but still that's, it's a heck of a lot cheaper than going to the McDonald's and getting a, you know, two burgers and fries and whatever else everybody, and then have your cookies and crackers and chips and everything in between those meals. And so it, the people need to realize how that stuff is truly, truly killing us. It's tearing our bodies to pieces and and you can just look around and see, yep. especially where we are. We're in Missouri. Where are you? We're in Utah, just outside of Salt Lake. So it's just the same. Like, Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You go to, you go to like the Costco parking lot and every handicap space is taken and there's more people riding in scooters than there are like walking around. It seems like, and, and it's hard, like it's a fun game for me to go in there and see, let me count how many people like at least look obviously metabolically healthy. And it's, it's like, it's like playing where's Waldo these days. Like it, it, you, you can't find them. It's crazy. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so it is sad. So I remember the body for light body, body for life. Was that what the name of it? Bill Phillips. Okay. My, my dad did the program. (laughs) <laughs> I remember it well. Yeah. I kind of have the association with that, but the same way that I have like the kind of second big wave of Adkins that kind of happened around the same time where it was right. like, yes, it was higher protein. Yes, it was a version of low carbohydrate, but people were like so kind of fat phobic at that point in the late nineties that they were only eating yeah. like chicken breasts and lean fish and they lost weight, yeah, but they right. were really grumpy or they weren't able to maintain it. So I'm wondering for you guys, mm-hmm. like how did that evolve until the, you know, the point where you were kind of getting into the more like low carbohydrate kind of slash ketogenic space where it's at least like, you know, paleo leaning or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Well, a few years ago, I don't remember her name. I found somebody and she was talking about low carb, including butter and all this fat. And I was like, what? I've never heard that. You know, <laughs> She's like, talking about her mind. Yes. And so I remember I made my son, my youngest son, he's probably eight or nine at the time, made him scrambled eggs and I put I scrambled them in butter and he goes, and it, yes. And we had the yolk. <laughs> it wasn't just egg whites. And he was like, these are the best eggs I've ever had. And I'm like, evidently butter's good. <laughs> so, so it was like, so that was, I don't know, probably easily 10 years ago, probably 10 years ago. Yeah. And just, just the internet and just kind of figuring it out there. But you know, when we did body for life, I, I know I personally, and I think Steve was too, I was hungry all day long. Starving. And we, just, ate, we ate like every three hours and we were starving. I just now would I like look at my watch and just be like, when, when do I get to eat again? You know, when do I get to eat again? So it was like, so this has been, and I just think this is so much easier because when we would talk to people about what we did before, and we had people that would do that program, you know, but it was huge to eat six times a day. And now we're just like, if you could cut back to two, sometimes, you know, I don't do as well on the OMAD Steve does. He can do that pretty well. He can do one meal a day, but it's like, this is so easy. And you're not as hungry. I was just, I just remember being hungry all the time, but about 10 years ago, I I don't even remember her name, but I just kind of started seeing things online, lower carb, you know, but it was never like carnivore or keto, but it was the lower carb. But that, and that, that was, that was what made me really look at all the different diets there is because we were eating every three hours, we eat five to six times a day on body for life. And we worked out and we did lose weight and we, you know, we, we didn't feel real well. We didn't feel horrible, but like I said, we were hungry all the time, but it made me think it's like, what, why, why did we lose weight when we were eating that many times? And now we're losing weight when we're just basically eating once or twice a day. And the really, what it was, was everything I'm saying. It wasn't that as much as it was what we weren't eating. We stopped drinking the pop. We stopped eating the crackers. We stopped eating the cookies and all that kind of stuff. Everything in the inner shelves. We truly, truly, we shop the perimeter if we're going to shop really right now anymore. If we're going to get you know, any meat that we get, we just find a local farmer and we just buy a side of beef. We're going with some friends and buy a whole cow. If we're going to get our fruits and vegetables, we're going to go to the the local farmer's markets because that's when you buy them in season as you should be doing it. You don't have to worry about all the glyphosate and all the stuff that they're sprinkling on. They spray it on anything that has wheat, corn, or soy in it. It just has glyphosate all over it, you know, and it's just, it's horrible. And, um, but I think that's why we figured that's how a lot of diet, you're, a lot of people are going to lose weight on a lot of diets, but I think it's because of what they're not eating as much as it is what they are eating. And if, if they stop drinking, cause sugar, sugar is horrible, horrible for your insulin levels and your whole body. And the worst way to do it, worst ways to put sugar in your body is, is by liquid sugar, you know, fruit juices, soda pop. I mean, all that is just horrible. So once we quit that and once we stop snacking all the time, you know, we don't snack or anything like that anymore. I think that's why, that's why we saw the the big change with body for life. It kind of woke us up to how bad that stuff is. And now just the stuff we're learning now, the nutrition we're learning now just, just solidifies it just crazily to how horrible that stuff is. So that's kind of our deal. That's, it's not so much, you know, it, it's more what you need to stay away from. 
Yeah. You know, if you want to stay healthy. Gotcha. Well, that sounds like I might lose a, a potential sponsor here, but it sounds like I might need to pitch all my Sunny D that I keep in my fridge because it's got like <laughs> vitamin C and it looks orange. Again, I, I don't think they're going to sponsor the show anymore, but I guess I'll have to get rid of that. Uh, okay. Steve, I want to ask you about the presentation you were making. Um, again, it was pediatrics, right? For uh, people who treat kids. Right. Okay. I, I want to know how that presentation changed, what things you, you presented on recently, what were some of your key points? And I want to contrast that with a podcast episode that somebody shared with me a few months ago that I have listened to five times now because I cannot believe what I'm hearing from people out there as far as, as childhood obesity. So tell us, if you don't mind, what were some of the key components as of what, like what you were presenting to the pediatrics? That was a lot of it is, is, it kind of started off, I kind of explained a little bit of history of processed food, but it, it all really started back in 1955 when President Eisenhower had a heart attack. And back then, people didn't have heart attacks. No, Nobody knew what that was. This is, this is a new phenomenon. People don't really realize that the heart attacks, all the heart attacks we're having, this is all new stuff. And it sent out a couple of people to find out. One was Ansel Keys, who said it was fat, which was totally wrong, had a horrible seven-country study that that has so many flaws in it. But he was very, very persuasive. And then there was John Yutkin, who he said it was sugar, said the same things. But since Ansel Key was more persuasive, he's the one who came back and he did this seven country study that was so flawed and said that it was fat. And then it just kind of progressed from there. And I, I kind of I actually did a podcast on that on just history processed food. Can I just but, tell the um, listener real quick after this sure. episode is done, go onto your podcast and listen to episode 25, where you present the complete history of processed food. That was magnificent. One of my favorite episodes. My, my favorite episode is with the two of you on together on your last one. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Episode 25, all about the history of processed food is wonderful. We'll tag it in the notes. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But th that's kind of, that, that's kind of what started is like, oh, oh, we haven't eaten all these carbs forever. You know, you just don't really think about this as some new thing that's come up. Never had all the disease. We have never had type two diabetes. Type two diabetes used to be called, um, um, adult onset diabetes because you never saw type two diabetes in, in children. It just wouldn't happen because it's, it's something that usually takes 20 to 30 years because that's all the horrible food that you're eating that causes your insulin levels to be high. But now kids are starting off now, even baby foods, which I can't, I hate the way drug manufacturers are trying to make people think that baby foods that are nothing but chemical laden. And they have, all, some of them have up to 50% high fructose corn syrup in it, which is horrible. That's why we have this epidemic of, of obese six month olds now. But they're trying to tell people this chemical aid and artificial flavors, artificial coloring, artificial sweeteners, um, you know, all these other chemicals are in this thing. And they're telling people that this is much more healthy than than breast milk that we've been having since the beginning of time. It's absolutely ludicrous. And people have to realize just because they're a food manufacturer doesn't mean they care about your health. And, and they're, they're out here trying to promote health. You know, they're out here to make money. And and you so, got you got to be aware so of that. So what? You had just become a pharmacist, right? Whenever they had that very first, was it a three-year-old or a five-year-old uh -huh. that was diagnosed with diabetes? Yeah, yeah, three years old, seventy-seven pounds was the first, was the youngest kid ever diagnosed with type two diabetes. And that was when he was very first. So that was, yeah. well, thirty years ago, basically. And then that—that's where she's—that's where um, she doesn't have it anymore. She got rid of her type two diabetes because they took her off her her sugar sweetened beverages and took her off of all of her um, her processed food. And that, that went away, but, but she's lucky that they intervened that quick and hopefully she's not that way now. I have no idea how she is now, 
but um that, that so that kind of started the whole thing when i started looking okay what because there's so many different diets out there he's like how, how do you know what what one's right so that's when now reading through all this stuff it's getting into me it's like oh so look at how does your body handle food and when your body when you eat protein your body breaks it down into amino acids and puts together to you have twenty thousand different proteins in your body and some of them are up to 27,000 amino acids long. And there's only 20, there's only 20 amino acids. So they put them together in all these ways, but our body needs them so much. And that's your meat. That, that's where you get your meat. It needs good, clean energy. That's your fat. That's where that's that's why we have subcutaneous fat all over our bodies. And we just have a tiny little 10% of our liver for our carbohydrate stores. That's why people now, if they get, you know, they think about skipping Miller, like, oh my gosh, I'll get hypoglycemic and I'll die. And it's like, it's because you're a carb burner. You've trained your body to use carbohydrates for its energy source. You need to switch back over and start using our fat the way God made us and use that for yeah, our energy plus, source. You won't do that. Addicted. Oh yeah, they're super addicted. With, with, that's another thing I'd go into is, is how sugar actually, you actually truly do get addicted to sugar. It's because of the, the bacteria in your gut does it and also the nucleus accumbens, which is your pleasure center in your brain. It actually gets stimulated by sugar and it actually becomes resistant to it. So it needs more and more sugar to, to give you that stimulus. And they actually think that, that may have a lot to do with people. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm digressing, but there's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff that you'll notice you'll get fixed just by eating clean, getting away from carbohydrates, and keeping your insulin levels low. But there, I mean, depression, Alzheimer's, you know, type two diabetes, cholesterol meds. That's crazy. The people are on cholesterol meds, and cholesterol has never been proven to cause cardiovascular disease. It's it's just. It's sad. It's sad that people are believing all the stuff's being put out there. So you got to kind of take the information that you get and kind of use a little bit of common sense with it. And, you, you know, processed food is not not a common sense thing to eat yeah. <laughs> or too sad, sadly enough it is. But if you know what it's doing inside your body, you would not want that in your body. That's right. That's right. This is why I'm not going to be able to tell you how the donut kebabs are <laughs> because I am addicted to sugar. And if I had one, I would have another and I'd have another and I'd have another and I'd have anxiety through the roof. And so I, that that's a primary reason why I choose to do a carnivore diet. I can just skip the whole thing and just focus on meat and I'm fine. Okay. Yep. All of that was amazing. I'm so glad you're presenting that. This is coming from a podcast. It's a major, major podcast. I, th I think it was The Daily. I think The New York Times does it. So it's one of the most popular ones out there. It came out a few months ago. Somebody sent this to me because they thought it was ridiculous. Like I said, I've listened five times. Things they got right, like really called, called everything pretty much pretty well. Didn't have a lot of childhood obesity in the 60s. Started to increase in the 70s and 80s, and we started to get more and more and more obesity. We don't really know what's going on with childhood obesity. So we actually did a study and we went into schools and we told them everything that we thought was going to help the school system be healthy. So they promoted fruits and vegetables. They promoted more exercise and they noticed there was no difference in the two schools. Childhood obesity now today is a massive problem and we need to deal with mm -hmm. it early. Okay. All of those things I'm nodding along and this all sounds great <laughs> where it turns since we told everybody what we thought was going to be best and there was no difference between the schools that we gave them what we thought was our healthy advice versus the schools where we didn't do anything. There was no difference. Therefore, childhood obesity is genetic. We are now recommending that oh. at age two, 
because childhood obesity is such a problem. At age two, we're recommending about 26 hours of, of therapeutic intervention, like counseling is what it sounds like, that will not be covered by insurance for the two-year-old and his family. It, it kind of invasive-sounding type of therapy, again, not covered by insurance. We're recommending that kids be given Ozempic and other weight loss meds at oh, age, at age 12. Horrible. At age 12. And at age 13, we're recommending um, um, surgery, bariatric surgery for kids. Oh, my God. Five times. I've listened five times because I'm like, how do you know exactly what the problem yeah. is and how it's progressed? And everything that you explained about the change in diet, which is recent, <laughs> is affecting yeah. our health. And they're going on to say it must be genetic and we have to deal with it with therapeutic interventions at a young age. I lost my mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah this is, and that brings up two things. One thing. One. Back in, and this was done through the NHANE study. Uh, it's a nutritional long-term study they did. Back in um, 1950, somewhere in, no, it was 1980. In 1980, in 1980, so from the very, very beginning of time through the centuries all the way up to 1980, our total pediatric obesity rates was 5%. From 1980 to 2015, so 35 years later, our obesity rates in pediatrics in the in the, the things like two to five years old, it had gone from five percent up to like 10 percent. Well, it doubled. It doubled for those, then it tripled for the kids that were for like, and I don't remember the ages, like seven to nine, seven to twelve, something like that, and it tripled for them. And then in the the patients that are 12 years old and 19 years old. It's quadrupled. It's up to over 20% is the obesity rate now. And just 35 years ago, it was only five. That, proved, that proves this is not genetic. This has nothing to do with genetics. What else came out around that same time? Processed food. Because that all started in 1977 when, when Senator McGovern, uh, McGovern came out with the new dietary guidelines for the United States. That happened. And after that, our obesity rates, our type 2 diabetes rates, our metabolic syndrome rates, everything skyrocketed. So that's where you got, you got to come back and, and do common sense things. And you were talking about Ozempic. The problem with Ozempic, there's a ton of adverse effects. I've got, I've got a talk I'm getting ready to give in Virginia at the end of July. And I have three full slides of nothing but all the adverse effects to all those glutides, basically, because um, Ozempic's not the only one. But um, they have all these adverse effects, including... Um, thyroid C-cell tumors. But the thing is, the way it works, the way all those work is one, it keeps the food in your stomach for a longer period of time. That's why everybody's taking it. But the other things it does is it increases your insulin levels, which is, makes diabetes worse. And it, and it stops your liver from being able to put sugar into the bloodstream. So it blocks your, your glucagon levels. And by doing those two things, you're actually making diabetes worse. So I guarantee the more people, and the only reason they're doing this is because they're saying it, it helps them where they're not hungry anymore. It's like, that's the exact same thing that protein, that meat and fat do. When you eat a diet of protein, of meat and fat, and that's sitting on your stomach, that will stay in your stomach for a longer period of time, which is what these people are wanting. And then once it gets out of your stomach and it goes through your intestines, you have two different hormones that are secreted from the intestines. You have cholecystokinin and peptide YY, and those are stimulated by fat and by protein in the intestines. When you stimulate those, both of those hormones go up to your brain and tell your brain, it's the medial hypothalamus, and say, I'm not hungry. 
So when you eat protein and fat, you you stay satisfied for hours, for, for hours. Carbohydrates don't do that. As soon as carbohydrates go in your go in your stomach, they go into your intestine, they get immediately shunted over to your blood. Most of it gets turned in directly into fat, and now your insulin levels are high, and so now you're telling your body to store that fat. It makes no sense. So when you take an Ozempic, you could stay away from the money that Ozempic costs, stay away from all the adverse effects, multiple adverse effects that Ozempic costs. Just stop eating processed food and carbohydrates and stick with meat and fat, and I guarantee you're going to get the same effect, and you're going to feel great by it. That's that's my soapbox. So, <laughs> so well explained. I love that. My wife is also carnivore. I literally make her an entire brisket every single week that she eats herself. I, I get a taste of it. And she takes it down herself. We went to um, a Brazilian steakhouse, which they know us by first name at this point. They know we're going to sit down and we're going <laughs> to have a good old time. And, and, and you're right. Like the level of satiety that we get to at an all you can eat meat place. I literally had a piece of delicious ribeye in my mouth at the end of the meal that I could not even bring myself to chew anymore. And I, I, I had to spit it out. I knew that would horrify right. me the next day, but that's how powerful those satiety hormones are. They literally make you stop eating. And I, I didn't even consider food for like a 24 hour period to do OMAD was super easy because we focus on the right foods and we get really satisfied regardless of, you know, what other things people want to include. If you're just focused on the fats and proteins, like you said, you're going to be just fine. So anyway, I'll send you that episode of the podcast. I hope it horrifies you as much as it did me. sounds like it will. And I love your alternate explanation that no, this is not genetic. We can look back on pictures in my formula one history book and see that nobody really had bad genes back then. People looked very thin and very metabolically healthy. So, yep. okay. So I mentioned that you guys recently did a podcast episode where it was the two of you together. You were explaining some really simple things. Um, Teresa, you did an amazing job on that podcast. I understand we were talking off air that you were maybe a little bit nervous. It didn't come across yeah. as nervous at all. You did great. <laughs> Steve, I, I don't want you to take this personally. I might burst your bubble here. You married up. <laughs> I'm sorry oh, to break oh, it to you. I know that. I'm sorry. No surprise that it was her idea to do the presentations and to write the book and to start the podcast. And first yeah. episode, she's knocking out of the park. I'm, I apologize. You might get angry. I just want you to know you married up. Anyway. I'm leaving now. <laughs> uh, anyway, I no, wanted I'm to- well aware. I'm told by everybody that knows this. Okay. Okay. Same. I'm not the first, thing, first person to break this to you. You guys made so many good points in that episode, and I was wondering if we could maybe cover some of the simple things that people could do to start to turn their lives around, whether they're just getting started, or maybe they've never heard of this, or maybe they are on this path and they are just wanting to, you know, unwind themselves from all the minutia that we, you know, really love to talk about, but in the end just kind of becomes like noise. How can we keep things simple? And what simple things did you guys promote in that episode that, that anybody could take and apply in their lives in a really simple way? So like we're talking about with all the processed food, it's like people are just addicted. And so I think one of the things we tried to at least say in the podcast was that it's not easy. You know, we're, we're talking, it's just like just eat protein and fat and, you know, it'll all be fixed and you'll lose your weight and you'll be healthier. But it's like those first few weeks for somebody that's truly addicted and obese, because, you know, I mean, Steve's pharmacist sees lots of patients that are on medication. They're really you know, have over a hundred pounds to lose. And so it's going to be a very, it's a, it's a struggle. And so what we try to get people to do is to really kind of work on their mindset because they have to change their mindset about this, you know, so changing their food, giving up that processed food and knowing that they're going to go through some sugar withdrawal, the flour withdrawal, all that stuff. 
and planning ahead. So we do a lot with planning ahead, plan your meals the night before, you know, maybe shop the weekend before, and then just kind of making a promise to yourself. I mean, I think we, our lives are so easy anymore that we just don't try to do anything hard. And this is hard. I mean, if, if it wasn't hard, everybody, nobody would be overweight. Everybody would be like, okay, this will be easy. You know, we'll just lose weight. So we really focus a lot on planning ahead. Tell um, about your why. Find your oh, why. finding your why. So why do you want to lose the weight? You know, some people really don't. <laughs> they just don't, mm-hmm. you know, the food is, the food, food is their life. I mean, and I mean, I don't mean like, keeps them alive, but it's just like, oh, what are we going to do for dinner? Oh, you know, you go on vacation. What are we going to have for breakfast and for lunch and for dinner versus all the things you can do on your vacation? Now, everybody's focused on the food. And um, so anyway, so it's just a lot of mental work that we also try to do. And since the why is so important, that's why I try to get into it with the medication. Hopefully, hopefully that's going to be enough of a why to try to get people off because, you know, even though a lot of people take a lot of medication, they really hate doing it. They hate paying for it, but yet they don't hate it enough to change their nutrition. And my hopes is that they do hate enough to change their nutrition. They just didn't know how to do it because of all the diets out there. And that's why we're trying to make it easy saying, don't think of it as a diet, think of a lifestyle change. And the main lifestyle is stop eating processed foods, increase your water intake and good, good sleep. And then the exercise like Patrice's Kind of been talking about exercise, movement. uh, Oh, and movement. Yeah, we're going to be having a video or doing a podcast on movement because we have people that are, uh, another thing is we don't really, if you've been working out, keep working out and then, you know, incorporate, you know, whatever the the program that we have. But uh, if they're not working out, we we just are just like, don't even worry about it. Let's just get the eating under control. Let's work on that right now. If you can walk, go for walks. You know, but walking is great. If you can walk, if that's all you can do is walk, that's fantastic. Just measure how far you can walk and slowly increase, you know, every day or, or, you know, whatever. Just walk a little bit further, a little bit further. And there's so many good things about, in fact, I just did a podcast on the lymphatic system, um, which a lot of people don't even know what the lymphatic system is, but that's something that if you if you don't walk, you're not going to be moving your lymphatic fluid. And if you don't do that, you're going to be keeping a lot of the toxins and everything that are supposed to be cleared out of your body. You're going to keep them in your body. So movement just by itself is so important. Right. So, um, right. So that is one of the things where it's like, don't be trying to, oh, I've got to change the way I eat and I've got to start exercising. That's just way too much. But if you're already exercising, keep doing that. And then, you know, if you can, you know, dial in your nutrition. Probably if you're already exercising, you don't have too much weight to lose, you know. Right. And, sure. and I go in and I explained that uh, the podcast where I'm talking about the body weight set point when really that's the when you if you're obese and you're first trying to lose weight, that's really the worst time you could be exercising because your body is going to fight you. As you start decreasing calories, your body's going to make you ravenously hungry. And as you start going down in weight, your body's going to try to get it back up to the weight it's used to. And so it's going to slow down your metabolism. So you're trying to eat when your body's making you ravenously hungry and you're trying to work out when your body's making you tired. The key to that is eat meat and fat. And that will take care of your body trying to make you ravenously hungry. And then just don't work out until you start losing weight. And I guarantee once you start losing weight, you're going to feel better and you're going to have more energy. And that's when you're going to start doing whatever workout you want. But up until then, if you can at least schedule in time to walk every day. And then when you do have more energy, you want to start 
exercise. And now you already had that time out there. Cause most people, a lot of people use exercise as the reason why they don't get healthy. Oh, Oh yeah. I'd love to get healthy, but I don't have time to work out. I don't have a place to work out. I don't have the money to work out. I don't know how to work out. And they just have all these things about working out. It's like, uh, uh, stop, stop, stop. You don't have to work out. Just, just pay attention to what you're putting in your mouth. So that's kind of, kind of, I love that. I'm a, I'm a personal trainer. I sell workouts and I tell people the exact same thing. I worked on a metabolic cart for over a decade and I got to measure firsthand what people's metabolic rates were. And if you did a calorie restricted diet and did a bunch of calorie burning activities, you would wreck your metabolic rate. I could measure it. I could see it. Even just somebody walking up the stairs, wearing a jacket in July, freezing cold, storing weight around the midsection, terrible energy, hungry all the time. Like your, your workout program and your diet is causing the rebound you're going to right. rebound you're causing it by doing all the right things that you think you should be doing right. it's gonna right. backfire on you and it's so sad i you guys <laughs> you guys are very deliberate with the way that you use your words which i really love the promise to yourself i really love that phrase we've interviewed mm -hmm. another hewlett jason hewlett He's, he lives in my neighborhood he wrote a book called the promise to the one and he talks about how important it is to make promises to yourself and to really phrase it that way in in a in a like really deliberate way so that so that you you, you hold it, you hold it more sacred in, in a way. Um, uh -huh. and right. I just, I just wonder as you guys are talking about your, why I've heard you on that episode, talk about your personal whys. how has mm -hmm. that helped you keep the promise to yourself in certain situations where you could have eaten the donut kebabs? Mm -hmm. I try personally just to not even think about it. You know, you just kind of just know that that's there and not even think about it. As far as my why changing, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it just, it just changes in the next. It's just kind of that way. In, in <laughs> all honesty, I. Mine seriously is like you said, I, I am well aware that I'm married up and I want I want to be the best husband I can be. I want to be the best husband, best father, best grandpa. And. You can't do that if you're unhealthy. You can't get out and play with the kids. I can't take my wife to different places. You know, we couldn't go, you know, climbing mountains or scuba diving or whatever we want to do because of obesity. And and I don't want, I don't want to not do fun things with my wife and my kids. Now my kids are older now. We've got you know, 26 year old and 29 year old. Brandon's 29 and Skylar's 26. But um, but even even then, and they're both they're both very active. They work out all the time. And they've gone through the nutrition thing, you know, like we are. And now they're taking pictures of their stuff and send it to us. But that's my my why is my family. I mean, that that's my why. And drugs kind of are, except for I'm not on medications. I'm 61. I'm not on any medications. I'm and my goal is I will never be on medications. Um, it's just a downward spiral that I don't want to have. You know, and you're talking about the donut. Um Donut things. That's one thing that's that I really I got out of this nutrition, you know, reading all this stuff that I never thought about before is that carbohydrates and fat both are used for energy. The fat is much cleaner. Carbohydrates are going to raise your insulin levels. And you never, ever, ever see carbohydrates and fat in God made food. You're not going to see that in nature. You're because when you eat a carbohydrate, it makes your insulin levels go up. When your insulin levels are up, now you eat the fat or whatever else, and your body is forced to store that because that's what insulin does. It's a storage hormone. That's why, God, you know, you're going to have your protein and your carbohydrates. That's going to be like in your fruits and your vegetables. And you're going to have your protein and your fat like in meat, but never will you have protein and, and carbohydrates together. 
except for in all this man-made processed food. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Fat and carbohydrates. That's what you see in the processed food. And that's another reason. So now they put all this crud in here. Now you eat it and it does what we just said. Your insulin levels goes up and it tells your body to store everything as fat. So I thought that was another interesting thing too. I just want to throw that in there. (laughs) I know it was off your question of the why. No. But no, uh, that's fantastic. I really appreciate that. Save, you know, breast milk is a combination of carbohydrates and fat, but you're an infant. You need that. You need to be growing and that helps you to grow. You're right. I, I wish more people would see it that way and understand that you really do not find that in nature. It does not exist. It's either fat and protein or it's carbohydrates. And I even think somebody could have a certain amount of some natural whole foods carbohydrates and, and kind of almost like just keep it separate. Like if you're going to have a piece of fruit, like that's fine. But then, you know, you could lean a little bit more towards proteins and fat for a bigger meal that would be satiating like you described before. Okay. Fantastic. Your, your explanation on exercise and movement is wonderful. I love calling it movement. I think it's a really critical way to look at that for the person who's starting to move. They're starting to walk. They're doing what you're saying. You're slowly progressing and doing a little bit further. Again, I think that's wonderful advice for the person that has now turned their life around. They've got the better energy from changing the diet, getting the processed foods out when they're starting to consider exercise you know, they've again, feeling good. What types of exercise are you typically recommending for them to kind of think about? Lift weights. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's resistance training yeah. by, by far running, you know, running's fine, but running is really hard on a lot of people's body. You're really not going to get that much more than just walking. Um, you do want to get your heart rate up, but by far there's so many good benefits to, to lifting yeah. weights. Lifting like weights. Said. Yeah. You know, we're getting older and especially us, you know, we really need to be left. I mean, cause our, um, bone density and muscle mass <laughs> is just shrinking insulin every resistance. Day. I mean, yeah. it's good with insulin resistance, yeah. everything. Lifting weights is just so yes, good. It's good. Yeah. As long as yeah. you do it proper, proper cool. form. Yeah. yeah. So my opinion has changed greatly since the pandemic when I had access to a full gym. We lost that access when we became unemployed for, for, for somebody who might tell you like, yeah, that sounds great, but I can't afford a gym membership. So therefore I'm not going to be able to lift weights or do any kind of resistance training. What do you say back to that? <laughs> Body weight. Mm-hmm. Body weight. That's push-ups. all you need. You can do push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, you know, I mean, air squats. Air, I mean, air squats. In fact, as you get older, like, well, like Teresa is, <laughs> <laughs> she's starting to learn other things that we need to be able to do, like being able to stand and sit down on the floor and stand back up without using your hands. And when you're taking off your shoes and socks and underwear and everything, do it standing on one foot. You know, d- don't don't sit down to do that stuff. Yeah, for balance. Yeah, yeah for balance. When you're brushing teeth, you're, you're brushing teeth anyway, just stand on one foot because balance and flexibility are the two things that really start going downhill as you get older. And that has a lot to do with the right. A lot of elderly people will fall and a fall could be very, very detrimental. It could be lethal. A lot of times people, they, they fall, they break their hips. Now they're in the hospital and they never leave the hospital. That's that ends Game up over. what kills them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having strength, especially strength in your lower body or what you need strength all over. Cause even if you start to fall and you can catch yourself, if you don't have strength, you're not going to be able to catch yourself. If you start to trip, you're not going to be kept yourself with your legs. I mean, so, so strength is so important with that. Um, also as far as just things so of strength, flexibility and balance on balance, balance, you know, just, just work on those things if you're older, but mm-hmm. man, definitely if you're, if you're, You've got to lift weights and you'll feel so much better after you've been lifted. And like I said, body weight is perfectly fine. We've got one of those little 
bars that that goes across our door jam and so it's a pull-up bar so we just we do pull-ups off this little it's cheap just fits on the door jam we have it going right between our office and our kitchen you know just just go by there and do some pull-ups every now and then just little little by little you don't have to go out and be this great big you know workout till you're till you die you want to stimulate your muscles you don't want to annihilate them you know so just just the, the the best exercise you could ever do is the one you enjoy doing. Just pick one, the one you like, and do it. And the rest will just, it'll slowly come. It just morphs into that. I love that. Yeah. I read a really good book. Um, and that's what kind of started us on the, so when, like, when we go to sit down to watch Netflix, we'll sit in the floor for a little while. Because, you know, they're like, we just sit in chairs all day long. And it's so bad for our hips. Mm-hmm. So we'll sit in the floor. And it's like, oh, we got to sit in the floor. <laughs> but you sit in the floor. You sit in the floor. You, you're, you're stretching your legs. You're you're flexing your your hip muscles. So you're not leaning up against anything. You just sit sit flat on the floor. Yeah. And and it's, <laughs> it's not something we look forward to doing. But how sad is that? That really... You're sitting in the floor, so you're. Yeah, I've you're recorded okay. every single episode of this podcast sitting on the floor, cross-legged. Uh-huh. I've got my little toe spacers in, and like this glamorous like uh, p- podcast studio. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, it, it's so good. If, if you haven't sat on the floor in a while, sit yeah. on the floor and see it. It's you think sitting on the floor, well, that's easy. It's like uh, it depends on what you've done to your body up until now. It's not that <laughs> easy right. for a lot of people. Yeah. And this is the time to do it. Just little little things. But but even after two weeks, I've seen a huge difference in my flexibility just by sitting on the floor for the first half hour of watching Netflix or whatever. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah. When the pandemic, um, you know, was kind of starting and we realized we'd have to start our own company and everything, we were looking for a software program where we could give our personal training, you know, programs and send them out to people virtually. The one I landed on, I chose because it made it really easy to filter based on what equipment people had access to. Some people had just whatever, like random hodgepodge, of whatever they had in the basement that was gathering dust that they needed oh. to dust off. It could have been health writers and thigh masters and whatever <laughs> crap. And, and, and even, even then I can filter down to exercises with water bottles, fill up some water yes. bottles and do some curls. Or like recently I bought a set of four different bands, just simple rubber band loop things on Amazon, 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. I can yeah. crush myself by moving these simple bands slowly yep. and challenge my muscles until I <laughs> can hardly move. Like, like yeah, you, you, there's so many things that you can do if you're just willing to be creative or, or get with somebody who knows what they're doing so that they can kind of help you along and guide you so that you can understand some simple things to do on your own. I I love that you went there with that. Are there any other major lifestyle things that we've missed in this conversation that we want to talk about? Enjoy life. Thank you. Smile. Love it. (laughs) You know, I mean, life life is so wonderful. And there's so many people that were just devastated by the whole COVID thing and everything. And and seriously, sugar addiction, really, they do think that that has a lot to do with depression now because of the... It, it you get resistance in your nucleus accumbens, um, but your pleasure center of the brain, and it you're not just resistant to the sugar, you're resistant to all pleasures, and it and it and it is making a difference. But man, find something you love and and do it. Just in, I mean, that's our thing is just wake up and enjoy the day. Don't 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 wake up and just think, well, I wonder what's going to happen today. Have it planned out. I think the whole trick to to, to feeling good is setting goals. I mean, that's why you need to set goals, set tiny, tiny goals 
you know, and then accomplish it. It's like, oh, that felt good. And you'll set another goal. What, Whatever it is, whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter as long as you, I mean, you know, it kind of matters, but as long as, as long as you enjoy doing it and, and you're bringing happiness and you're bringing happiness to others, you know, people need to focus more on that. And if there's something that you're doing that, that you don't enjoy, then change it. You know, if you can change it, change it. I know that's Agreed. a weird, weird way to say it, but it, it just seems it's weird how many people seem depressed anymore. And, and, but the group that we're around, you know, the, the KetoCon low carb people, they don't seem depressed. Everybody seems happy. I mean, I, I just love going to those meetings because everybody we think alike, they have energy. They're, they're, they're just like you, just like coming over and talking to us. And now here we're doing a podcast together. I mean, I absolutely love this kind of stuff infectious it's pure energy it's pure happiness openness energy and you feel everybody's like spirituality and gratitude and it's so cool to think that like the being happy is is predicated on the lifestyle things that again you guys make so simple all of that stuff improves together if you can start to fix some of these things you will naturally be a lot happier you'll tend to see things a little bit more on the bright side you'll you'll appreciate the birds flying around and butterflies and all the wonderful things that are growing in springtime like they are right now and it's it's wonderful that all of those things run together and it's so cool that you feel the same way about those conferences i couldn't agree more and, and and what happens is once you start getting healthy, you j- it just you just naturally start hanging around with other people who are healthy, and because everybody knows that you pretty much who you hang around with within whatever whatever they say five ten percent are within about the same financial situation, about the same health situation, and this, that's why they say if you're wanting to change anything, first thing you got to do is get a new new group of people to hang around with. And it's so easy in the health field because people are vibrant. You're, you're attracted to them because they feel so good. And all of a sudden, now you become one of those people that are feel so good about yourself. You're attracting more positivity to you, which is opposite of the other way. When you're just sitting around, you don't do anything but eat processed food, think about what your next meal is going to be, watch Netflix. You don't get off the couch. You don't walk. You're not around anybody. And that would have to make anybody depressed. You know, so get out, move, and and you'll see how you're going to start attracting other people to you, and it it'll change your life. Yep, yep. You know? I love that. I couldn't agree more. That's probably why I chose the seat next to you at dinner, and I plan on <laughs> hanging out with you guys for many, many, many years to come. This has been wonderful, Steve. I do have to say, like you married up, but it's close. You're a sweetheart too. It, it is. It is close. <laughs> Again, I just so much appreciate how you make this accessible for people and simple for people. And I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be here today. Dr. Steve and Teresa Hewlett, where would you like people to go to find you and connect with you in your work? Uh, You can go Dr. Steve Hewlett on Instagram and YouTube. Steve Hewlett on Facebook. I know it's a little weird. And then, um, oh, uh, of course, Simple Healthy Choices for Weight Loss is his podcast. And then LinkedIn. Oh, and LinkedIn. We're just starting on We're just starting LinkedIn. <laughs> We're not We're not familiar with LinkedIn Steve much. But... <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. I've, yeah. Heard, I've heard that LinkedIn has like favorable algorithms. I always thought it was just a place to like post your resume or whatever, but it's this whole right. social thing. So good luck with that one. Oh, thanks. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll try. Yeah. And then of course this book, Your, your Plate is Your Fate. And you, can, you can get that on Amazon. on Amazon. And that's an audible also. And I read for the book fantastic i've heard that's like the hardest thing about writing a book is reading it out loud yeah yeah it was it was different everything been a learning learning <laughs> thing ever since i retired i retired last year october of 22 21 october of 21 is when i retired 
And everybody said, oh, you're retired. Are you bored? It's like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have learned so many things with writing a book, doing the audible for the book, starting a podcast. We're wanting to start a program where we actually can help people start losing weight. And we're going to be working on that. Hopefully, we'll have that out here in the next month or two. But uh, there's no time to get no time to get tired <laughs> We've got, or, or no time to get bored. We, we're learning something every day, and I absolutely love it because it's this. It's what I've always wanted to do with my life is teach people, get healthy. And now I used to think it's by putting them on meds, and now I know it's by not putting them on meds. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm very, very glad that you suck at knowing what retirement means. I really, really <laughs> appreciate your work and your energy. And thank you so very much for be- being on our show today. We really appreciate you oh, both. Thank you. For having us thank you. Thank we you. absolutely love this. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And we will definitely have you on our podcast as well. Oh, good. I look forward to that. I really love your podcast. Again, you, you do such a good job being really choosy with your words and saying like there is a difference between simple and easy. We've talked about both. And some of these simple things are not that easy, but you still outline them in a very simple way that people can understand so i never miss an episode i really love it and thank you for putting it out it's it's fantastic thanks for listening absolutely (laughs) well thanks again for being on the show today we really appreciate you both thank Thank you. you absolutely and this has been another episode of boundless body radio As always, thank you so very much for listening to and supporting Boundless Body Radio. It's incredible to see the podcast continue to grow and grow and reach more people from all over. We always love seeing all the comments and feedback that you send in. And frankly, in the last few months, I've actually gotten some of the kindest messages I've ever gotten from listeners of our podcast. And it's just really so overwhelming and humbling. And I'm just so grateful for that. Our intention for Boundless Body Radio was to always put something positive back out in the world and help share a message of health to hopefully improve some lives. And I'm very happy to say that I feel confident that we are accomplishing that mission. We absolutely love connecting with people from all over the world. So please go to myboundlessbody.com and feel free to book a complimentary 30-minute session with us. We love helping people create plans to reach their health goals, but even if it's just to schedule a time to say hello and introduce yourself or to just have a session where we can bounce ideas off of each other, we would really love to hear from you. Also, be sure to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review as it's a great way to help this podcast reach more people. You can also go to our YouTube channel, which I don't often talk about, and subscribe to our show, Boundless Body, where we post all of these full interviews. And I also post some shorter clips taken from these interviews that might highlight something really awesome that one of our podcast guests uh, was talking about. So be sure to go check that out. Thank you again, as always, for listening to Boundless Body Radio. We really appreciate you, the listener, and look forward to many more great episodes to come.